0: It's time for Mac Geek, Evan. I'll bring us our opening quick tip this week. I was on my Apple Watch, launched the weather app, and, you know, it shows you that little circle that shows uh, the temperature for every hour of the day. Tap the middle of that hourly circle to change from the temperature on every hour to temperature and precipitation. And then tap it again, and you get to precipitation percentage. So you can cycle through those. I had no idea. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today here on MacGeek 991 for Monday, July 17th, 2023. (laughs) Indeed. Welcome to Mac Geek the show where you send in your quick tips, your questions, your cool stuff found to feedback at MacGeekCab.com. We share those on the show, organized loosely into an agenda that hopefully makes a little sense and really hopefully allows each and every one of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include a new sponsor, Hopwater. At H-O-P-W-T-R dot com slash M-G-G, that's where you can go to get 20% off your first purchase. Of course, BB-Edit and another sponsor here today at barebones.com. We'll talk more in depth about those shortly here for now. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here
1: in usually sunny Pensacola, Florida, Florida, the birthplace of naval aviation, it's Pilot Pete.
0: Huh. I, I never think of first of all uh, greetings, Pilot Pete. It's good yeah. to uh, get to hang Likewise. out. I, I never think about Pensacola as like a, a naval um, head, you know, yeah. hub. But it's, I but of course yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: It is it is the birthplace of naval aviation. And anybody in the area, I highly recommend go visit the Naval Aviation Museum. One of the top naval or one of the top aviation museums in the world. They've huh. got some amazing things. there. Huh. So. All
0: right. Yeah. Maybe I'll Everything come down and a lunar capsule.
1: At, yeah. Come down,
0: come down and visit and uh, yeah. we'll go to the museum. So,
1: and yeah. it is reopened to the public. It was closed for a couple of years due to COVID and a, uh, some semi-terrorist attack and oh, man. on base. And yeah, oh, yeah, it was, it was really tight security, but you could now the public can now get back in. So uh, that's a beautiful.
0: Yeah. Thing. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We have more quick tips. Pilot Pete. We're
1: do let's uh i'm gonna change my, the banner to quick tips and all right let's let's attack those
0: things my face is too big that's not uh <laughs> that may actually be true i don't know but uh that is the name of the discord member of our mac geek Hub community who shared this tip he says uh here's the epitome of a quick tip i love the epitome of a quick tip since a lot of great macOS tools and apps like the lovely uh mac aerial screensaver are hosted on github I frequently find myself wanting to know when new updates are released. If you have a GitHub account or if you sign up for a free one, it's simple to then sign up for email alerts on these new releases. Just go to any given repository for your uh, app or whatever it is you want to watch and click on watch, then custom and select releases. Voila, you'll start receiving emails about new releases. I love this. I um I I mentioned in the in the thread on dip Discord that Mac Updater is also a great way to keep track of uh releases and my face is too big replied saying, "Yes, I run that too, but it doesn't always catch the things that are on GitHub." And he said, "So I like to use both. I like this. This is good." Most
1: interesting because yeah. that's what everybody needs though, is more email, right?
0: Yeah, you know, I I have I have changed my tune on email and and it really is a result of all of the um, social media algorithms out there. The algorithms don't decide what's in my best interest to get. They decide what's best for uh, what would best capture my attention and keep me you know, doom scrolling or whatever. Right. I mean, I get right, it. Like right, I, I totally, right. if I ran a social media company, I'd probably do exactly the same thing. Right. I, 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 sure, I, I get that's it. That's
1: how you get clicks.
0: That's how you, and that's how you keep engagement and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I've, I've noticed with things like bands that I follow, if I don't sign up for their email list, I don't, I, I will miss shows that are coming. So like venues sure that enough. I like to go yeah. to bands that I like to follow, I sign up on their email list. You know, you could sign up for podcasts that you follow. For example, you could go to MacGeekGab.com and sign up for our email list so that you'll know when a new episode's out. You also get like all the show notes with clickable links and timestamps and everything right there in your email box along Including with that.
1: When we're going to record and you can come join com slash discord and uh-huh. yep. join us in the chat there and yep. because that's that's when we are most active. Yes, we are live chatting together and that sort of thing. So um, I'm going to take us down one more quick rabbit hole. Sure. Because we we did mention email. Are you noticing I'm getting things that I've had for years coming to my inbox, showing up in my junk mail. What has changed in Apple Mail?
0: All right. And we so, don't
1: have to address it now, but later in the show, maybe.
0: No, no. Well, we, we're here. Okay. We, yeah, no, All it's right. totally fine. <laughs> um, this is interesting. So I, I, I want to ask a clarifying question before I, I, we dig in here. Sure. Are you seeing this with email accounts that are iCloud hosted or with any email accounts?
1: Any email accounts.
0: Okay, so it's... Like at- my
1: personal Harman1 <laughs> domain is now there's things that I've gotten for years. Like but your personal
0: updates, harm in one or, domain is not hosted at iCloud, correct? It's, it
1: is not, no. It's, okay. it's a just host server.
0: It's a just host thing. Okay, because we've been getting reports. We talked about a few of them on the show. Mm-hmm. I've heard about quite a few uh, just via email that we haven't yet included in the show. But but there right. And and like my dad uh, was also reporting this. Allison over at uh, NoSilicast was reporting this. Lots yeah. of you have been reporting this. Yeah.
1: That And in fact, my Mac stock. Ticket on the Mac Gab email wound up in there.
0: Yeah, like so. What? You're you you are the first one. No, I guess actually, my dad would have been the first one to identify that this was happening on device, not on server. That's what I've been trying to figure out as we've been mm. sort of distilling through this. Is is it on device? It, you know, is it is it the yeah. iCloud server based? spam rules or is it the apple mail on your mac or on your iphone based spam rules yeah me thinks the latter yeah Uh, i think it's it's on the on the mac yeah. yeah the evidence is definitely pointing towards the latter yeah uh i don't use apple's spam filtering and and maybe that's the the answer here because yes lots and lots of you are seeing false positives for spam so things that are being incorrectly identified as spam and put in your your spam folder or put in your junk folder i guess is the name apple applies to it and i bet more and more of you are experiencing this but are unaware of it and that's even worse uh, Yeah, get in your junk mailbox now and yeah look. <laughs> yeah I, I i um for years i've used the server-based filters that are you know, from my mail host, whichever mail host that might be, for years it was, of course, Google. Uh, most recently, and also for years, I've been using Fastmail, so I'm using their filters. Uh, but if I, yeah, you know, in in mail, I go into you know mails preferences junk mail and I uncheck the box that says enable junk mail filtering, this does not stop my mail host from doing any server based filtering, that all still happens. I'm just not doing a second layer of it in Apple Mail, and I think it's those two layers that are getting people in trouble. Uh, oh, okay. I, I really yeah. do. I like. I. I don't because it's what's weird about this, Pete, is to our knowledge, Apple hasn't changed anything in Apple Mail. Like Ventura's been out for a while. The people that are experiencing this, I know like anecdotally, I know that they all have been on Ventura basically since the release day, you know, ish. Right. So, you know, when, when that's why when I first heard about this, it is happening sort of widespread. I thought, oh, something on the server changed because we haven't. I mean, we have sure. we've had point sure. updates of Ventura, but no, like, you know, major like we're not on Sonoma yet. And so it's like it's probably not a new engine. Turns out maybe it probably is a new engine and Apple just didn't say anything about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Like I don't, right? Could I don't, be. No. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm speculating as to why, but I, I no longer have to speculate that it's happening. Um, and yeah. it is not happening to me, but as I just mentioned, I have junk mail filtering in Apple mail, the client app disabled. And so I, like, that would be my advice for, I, I'm going to
1: start there. And if it's overwhelming, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, Go on to another client like Canary Mail or something like that.
0: Yeah, or, or well, or, but here's or the even thing: do web-based. I, I think you're better off finding a mail host that does spam filtering that you're happy with, because that way you get it. Uh, you know, sort of right. device device agnostic, right? Your phone gets it just like your Mac gets it, just Fair like enough. so. That's, that's
1: yeah, because I, I have yeah. uh, on my server. You know, you get into the various. Oh, I forget what it's called, but it's basically the spam, you know, uh, you know, I can't think it it assigns it a number. Okay. You know what I'm talking about where the the server looks at the email and it assigns it a number and above a certain number, it's going to throw it into junk mail below a certain number. So, but getting the heuristic filter set on that to. To determine what is and what isn't, obviously, is a very complex problem that has challenged the best minds in the computing
0: industry. Oh, I, well, and it's a cat and mouse game, too, right? Because yes, the people who absolutely. want to send spam are sending it out. So, uh, yes. you know, and, and are, are combating that. No. So, uh, yeah, like fast mail. And I think we I've had this conversation sitting in this chair with this microphone recently. And so I think it happened on the show, uh, mm-hmm. but it might have happened pre-show or post-show or in our hangout that we had on Sunday. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I recently reset my fast mail spam filters. I, I reached out to support and had them wipe my my teachings yes, I, I heard
1: you say that, but I don't remember where. Yeah. But I did hear you say it.
0: But So I did that, and yeah. I've been retraining it, and I check my spam every other day. I have it in my calendar, yeah. and it, it really works. And it takes me, like it's way less than a minute to do it when I'm doing it that frequently. And uh, was that, so was that on the business brain, maybe it might've been on this show yeah. too, Pete. Like, I don't, I don't know. It might've
1: been, don't get old. It's bad it's for, your, bad memory, for your memory. I've heard
0: <laughs> I, Yeah, I've heard, but I can't remember where I've heard that. So, <laughs> right. um, so it, like, I, but yes, there, there, this is a known okay. issue. If you are using Apple mails, like the client junk mail filters, be hyper vigilant, uh, as to checking your spam folder, because you will, you will miss things. I, I, like, I guarantee it. Uh, almost guarantee it, you know. Uh,
1: there you go. But uh, well, but yeah. My humble apologies for taking us down that rabbit hole. But no, I'm man, glad you like, did. Oh, as soon as we talked about need getting even more mail, I said, "Oh, good, I can have more mail in my junk." Mail.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And that you know, it it's my desire to see newsletters, you know, f- direct sent newsletters you signed up for you know yeah but, but that's why i now am checking my spam folder more vigilantly because i want to make sure i really manage that stuff and get what i want and and all of that i sure. will say this and it, this is just me anything i find in my spam folder that is not spam of course i move it to my inbox and train it that that is the way fast mail and most mail including apple mail and and and, and gmail that's the way to train it so uh, do okay. that One
1: last quick question. No, no, I'm going to
0: finish my thought because this is really important. So, I train the stuff that is not spam to be not spam. I do absolutely no training of things that are spam. If something makes it to my inbox, I delete it. And the reason is, I know that I'm going to check my spam folder every two days, right? It's no big deal for me to hit delete. And what I don't want to do is have too many false positives. So I opt not Ooh. to train things as spam. I know you feel like, oh, I'm beating, I'm like, I'm beating the yeah. system if I make sure I I train stuff as spam. You might be beating your own system. I, I don't there know. I, I'm just sharing what I do and what works for me. So,
1: there you go. I thought you were going to pre-answer my question, but you didn't. So okay. I'm going to ask it here real quickly. What happens to the mail that you is in your junk mailbox or your spam mailbox, and you delete it? Are you Now, not training that as spam or I mean, mean, obviously, you should leave it alone, but
0: no, no, you can delete things again. This really is very dependent on who your mail host is and how they manage things. But most mail hosts do it all the same. If something's in your spam folder and you delete it, which I do every other day, I I go through, I pick out the ones that are not spam and I delete the rest to, you know, flush the queue and and clean it out for the next time. Uh, That. De- that act, especially with I know with Fastmail, but but it is true with Google and, and Apple as well. By deleting something from your spam folder, you are confirming that it is spam.
1: OK, Good you to
0: know, yes. Yeah. So in that sense, yes, I am training it. I am reinforcing its belief, you know, fast mail's belief that this was spam. We we thought it was spam. We put it here. You left it in spam and then deleted it. That confirms that it was spam. So, yes, in that sense, I am training it.
1: So you're good to go there. Okay, I didn't yeah. want to defeat. Yeah. Hey, you put it in the mailbox, the spam mailbox. If I delete it, if I just told it it's not spam, no. that was my concern.
0: No, okay, it then. not with Fast Mail. I, I like and and also not with Gmail. Yeah. And but yeah. you know you gotta. It's it, 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 eyes wide open, right? You want to make sure you understand how your chosen mail host does this stuff. And it, it if right. you're using iCloud Mail, that's how it does it.
1: So excellent. Okay. Yep. Well. Rabbit, rabbit hole. Oh, look at us. We're out of a rabbit hole. I think we should go back to quick tips.
0: Are we? Are we out of the rabbit hole, Pete? For now.
1: I got another one, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, PC Unix in our uh, Discord has a quick tip. It says, I usually click on the text I want to select and slide with my finger to select more. This is talking about on the uh, like iPad or, or iPhone. Sometimes little formatting pops up And interferes with that, making, uh, seeing where you are uh, sliding to difficult. You know, if it starts putting up like the little, you know, bold italic things or whatever. He says, but if you're using a keyboard on your iPad, you can revert to the same methods you use on the Mac. And so with a keyboard on your iPad or, of course, a keyboard on your Mac, the things we're about to describe are ways of selecting text. Hold down the shift key and use the arrow keys to select what you want uh, because then those pop-ups get out of the way on the iPad. If you happen to be selecting from the insertion point, you can skip tapping and only use shift and arrow keys, right? So if you are navigating through the document with your keyboard and your cursor is at a point where you want to select either forward or back from that, hold down the shift key and select to the right or to the left to go one character at a time select uh, click the up arrow or down arrow to go one line at a time and you can you can combine these right so you can say i know i want to select you know three lines down and four characters over okay well you'd hold down the shift key you'd hit down three times and then to the right arrow four times and boom now you have that all selected and you can do whatever you want with that selection i use this my fingers know this right i i use this all the time uh, sometimes to delete things, sometimes to cut and move things around, sometimes to you know select text that I want to make bold or italicized or whatever uh, so yeah it 's a good good little tip. so hold down from the insertion point, uh, hold down shift and then use the arrow keys to select text. Best thing you can do is go play with it and then try to remember it so that you start using it, and then you won 't think about it anymore until until PC Unix reminds you of the quick tip so yeah, yeah. and. Yes, and
1: here's the cool thing. Play with the option key and the command key. Because if you use shift option and the arrow key, you get a full word. What? Yeah. You get a full word no. at a time. And then if you use what? the command key, you go all the way to the end of the line.
0: Wait, say this. Wait, I, I was I was okay. blown away by yeah. the first thing you said. So shift yeah. and option. So shift
1: option and then the arrow key gets you one word at a time. Takes you to the entire word. So you don't have to use a letter at a time, that sort of thing. But if you want to go to the end of the entire line, then hold shift command and the arrow key, and it will take you to the end of the line. What magic is this? Right? It's here once again, it's stuff I've been using for years. Years. And Oh, oh, yeah. By the way, doesn't everybody know this? I know this. That's the interesting thing of the human mind. You assume everybody else has your experiential knowledge. Yes, we just do it. No, we, we do it. People know it's, that.
0: Yeah. yeah, of course, when we say yeah. it out, when you say it out loud, it sounds utterly ridiculous. Right. right. It, it, you know, the, the, the uh, presumption that someone would literally have the same experiential knowledge as you is, is ridiculous. However, we I, I, I can join the we in saying we make this mistake all the time. this misassumption. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: So, but that was yeah. When I saw that, one, oh oh yeah, option and command keys. Oh. And, okay, here's what's cool. Like, and you can accept the entire page from from the middle down by hitting shift command and the down arrow. It takes you to the bottom of the page. Oh, what? Or the oh, top of the dude. page.
0: Yeah. And and here's the cool thing that I've noticed as I'm playing with this and really screwing up where I am in our agenda, uh, because that's the document I'm in doing this. And so this works like in a web doc in a Google doc too. Yeah. But, um, Shift and the up arrow, just shift all by itself and the up arrow, goes up to the, the, you know, the previous line or down arrow down to the next line to the insertion point, you know, to right above where the insertion point is. However, shift and option and the up arrow goes to the beginning of the line above. And so, yeah, I like this, man. This is good. Pete, I think you somehow muted yourself. I think you pressed... I, I did. I had a dog barking buttons. in the background. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right.
1: And yeah, people running in and out, so...
0: That's all right. That's all right. Oh, this is awesome. All right. Cool. Oh, I love this stuff. This is... Uh, see? See? This is why we do this show. For, right. our, yeah, for exactly. everyone's benefit. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Uh, Chicago Tom has our final quick tip here, which is uh, I have the sound module showing in the menu bar. so a little, you know, the sound uh, icon. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The icon with the speaker. He continues. If you click on this icon, it allows you to set the sound output to another device. Did you know that when you option click on the icon, you can quickly reset or change the input device as well? I don't know that I knew that, Pilot Pete, but I do now. Yeah. 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 The option key... Can be your friend, folks. It is uh, very much a fun uh, fun thing. So experiment with it, as it, clearly we've been doing here. You'll probably learn something, and then you'll send it in to us at feedback at MacGeekCab.com because that's what we do here for each other. All right. I am super excited to tell you about our newest sponsor, Hop Water, because it's something that I've used before, and I really like. Hop Water is a non-alcoholic, sparkling hop water And it's made with adaptogens and nootropics that actually help me feel relaxed. And they have that mood boosting thing. It's got ashwagandha in it and stuff. And the flavors, I've tried the lime one. It's crisp and delicious. And not only does it have no alcohol in it, it has no calories, no sugar. So it's totally fine if you have one and you like it and you just want to have another one. There's nothing to worry about there. I always like to keep all my habits in check. And so I usually take a couple of weeks off of alcohol every year just to make sure nothing develops. And having hop water during those periods is a nice little thing to have in place of having a beer. It's also a nice thing to have if you had a beer, you have a hop water, then go have another beer. Works out great. And it's hop water. That's H O P W T R. I'm really eager to get their variety pack. I've Got one on the way, and that's a great way to try out four of their most popular flavors. Yeah, I think you're going to love hot water. You need to check this out. And right now, they've got a special offer just for you because you're a listener. Matt Cab, 20% off your first purchase. Plus, get free shipping when you order 24 cans or more. To get this offer, go now to our special URL. That's hopwater.com slash MGG. Again, H-O-P-W-T-R dot com slash MGG. And don't wait because they tell me this offer won't last long. So go now, slash MGG. And our thanks to Hopwater for doing what they do and for sponsoring this episode. Next up is one of my favorite apps. BB Edit from Barebone Software. I know I get excited about a text editor, and I think you might get excited too because it can do so much. Obviously, it's great for doing all the nerdy things like the programming that I do. And the reason I love it for that is because it's smart, but not in the way, right? It knows what language I'm using and it starts highlighting things just on the screen. The text files on the disk stayed text files, like there's no extra added to that. But on the screen, In real time, it's showing me highlighting variables, highlighting functions. In fact, I can even twist open or closed functions so that I can collapse things and see my code better, does all that stuff. And it works the same with like, you know, JavaScript or C++ or HTML. Like it just, it knows it's very, very cool. It knows so many languages, knows way more languages than I do. But that's not all. Maybe it's great for just working with text. If you need to compare two documents, it's awesome at this. If you need to count the number of words in a document, it's awesome at that. If you need to do any kind of editing, multi-file, find and replace, this is a game changer, especially on like a whole folder of documents. It's amazing. You've got to go check this out. They've got a fantastic eval period, right? It's this 30-day full functioning of the app. After 30 days, some of the features go away. Go check it out, barebones.com. You're going to download it, check it out. And then after 30 days, you'll know whether you need the free, uh, just the free features or if you want the other ones. But you'll probably want to pay them anyway because you've got this great app that you're using and you'll support the development. Our thanks to you for doing that and our thanks... To BB Edit from Barebones Software at barebones.com for sponsoring this episode. And while I got you here, I have a great recommendation for you. When it comes to Apple, these guys know what they're talking about. Of course, I'm talking about Leo Laporte of the Twit Network. He bought his first Mac over 40 years ago in 1984 and has been an Apple lover ever since. That's probably why they have three, not one, not two, but three Apple podcasts on the Twit Podcast Network. The oldest, of course, is MacBreak Weekly, started almost 20 years ago. Alex Lindsay, Andy, Jason Snell, and Leo talk about the latest Apple news. They're Apple fans, but not Apple fanboys. They call it as they see it. And sometimes they're even a little hard on Apple. They also do a show called iOS Today with Micah Sargent and Rosemary Orchard. If you're into iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches, or Apple TV, you'll love iOS Today. And then, of course, there's Hands on Mac. Inside tips from Micah Sargent on getting the most out of your Mac every week. Expert analysis, helpful advice, and entertaining discussions. So just go to twit.tv slash apple to find your next favorite Apple podcast and tell Leo and the team that we sent you here. All right. Uh Pete, you want to take us to Judy's question, my friend? I
1: do. I switched my gosh darn page and then my mic was still on mute, I thought. So yeah, we're gonna go to Judy's question. Um, Judy writes in. She says she has an M1 2020 MacBook Pro writing the latest OS and an iPhone 14. It's also up to date. She inadvertently took a burst photo but managed to save one photo out of the 10. She says, as far as I can see, it is just one photo, but when I try to import it into photos, I get the message that says uh, duplicate burst photos are not supported. I can't find the duplicate. It's not in the duplicates folder, nor the imports folder. She says, I really want this photo in Photos, and I'm using iCloud Photos now since PhotoStream was abandoned. Any ideas on how to get this photo into my
0: photos? Thank you, Judy. Huh. So, my first thought is, let's confirm that the photo is already in your library, right? Like, I mean, it, it it's saying that it is. Right. Is, is it... Is it confused that it's saying one of the bursts, but a it, a different one is there? Or is that one from the burst there? Or is the entirety from the burst there? And it's asking you to maybe go select that with photos on your Mac. So that would be the first approach is, is why is it telling you what it's telling you? Is it an erroneous thing or is it correct? And if it's correct, then that would be a different path because maybe it wants you to extract the the burst photo you know, from the, the group of them that's already on your Mac, assuming it's not there. Um, you know, the Mac has that image capture app that lets you grab things off of devices that are plugged into it it pictures uh, and movies specifically off of devices that are plugged in. And your phone counts as a device that's plugged in. If, of course, it's a device that's plugged in. So. What you could do is extract that photo from your phone using image capture and save it like on your desktop and then manually drag it from your desktop into photos. Maybe that would do this. I don't I, like, you know, I, bullheaded persistence, yeah. right? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about in the other option? Taking it you know, is probably not probably losing a lot by doing this, but okay. I would say try and take a screen capture. Oh it, and then save it with preview or something like that you 're probably really losing a lot of yeah what is there if you do that
0: I agree with that, yeah, I mean it like i would that wouldn 't be the first that wouldn 't be that's my a last resort it's the last say. resort, but it would get you yeah. there right like i mean yeah. depending on depending on what it would look good on
1: your iPhone if that 's what you want to look, but if you want to blow it up and print it you know to a, a yeah poster, probably not as good you know, right so right just. Just a thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it so, though. I mean, I like that yeah. idea. It, you know, it kind of gets us. Yep, yep. All right. Exactly. Hopefully so, that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. I have I have lost Kentucky engineer's I got question. It. No. It's, oh, you got it. essentially he's asking about what does the tab bar do? Well, show tab bar on the Finder because um, he he updated and then I lost lost the plus sign that is normally there even if you only have one tab open in Finder.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. And um, if you don't... So, yeah, it was... It, I, I was going to approach this a little differently, which is... Okay. Why, no, that's why I called <laughs> it what I called it. But but essentially, what you described is correct, right? If, if the plus sign is not there in the Finder, it's because the, there is only one tab showing uh, or there is only one tab open and no tabs are showing. So you can either make that plus sign along with the tab bar show by uh, adding a new tab with command T Mm -hmm. or you can go to the view menu and choose show tab bar. If you enable that, then it will always show you the plus sign, even if you only have one tab open. But um, which is how I do things in the Finder. I and I mainly do it that way because I don't like things jumping around when I add another tab. And so by having the tab bar there, it's not like, you know, things aren't jumping up and down when I, when I add a tab bar, it's not shifting everything down. I do the same in Safari because right. I, I know I'm going to have tabs open more often than not. So also in, in Safari, I choose view, always show tab bar. And that way it's just there. And I don't have to, uh, right. I have to think about it. So.
1: And I'll tell you the one I do frequently, I use all the time is forklift. And that's kind okay. of a replacement for Finder. The advantage of Forklift, and I think Finder can probably do it too. But the advantage of the Forklift is that it allows you to FTP as well. So it doesn't have to be a local drive. You can FTP to a server or from a server.
0: All right. So and, this is interesting to me, next Pete, to each other. because you, I think of Forklift as an FTP client. Yes. and And it is, as you said, but. You backed into that. You said you think of forklift more as a finder replacement I do that allows I like way- FTP yes that i that's interesting to me because there are a lot of people over the years that have asked us for finder replacements for a variety of reasons, right and we always mention one, and that's Pathfinder, right? like that's the I do only-
1: like Pathfinder too, but yeah, I found I use forklift more.
0: That's fascinating to me, yeah. huh. So what do you like as a, a, coming at it from the finder replacement angle, what do you like about forklift that, that sort of attracts you to that over the finder or even pathfinder?
1: Boy, that's uh that's a $64,000 question, Dave. It's one of those things that I adopted early into my workflow and yep. I liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, is that, that's not. That's not a satisfying answer to a lot of people I know. <laughs> no,
0: no, but it, it, it makes is, sense it to is, all of us it, here. It is
1: worked yeah. for me. And yeah, yeah uh, it just, I found it useful. It seems to me one of the things is it's always in columns. And I know some people, every now and then I'll try to go to a list view and find or that sort of thing. But I really like the column view layout of the Mac OS. And that's one of the first things I really liked when I came over from from Windows uh, the The column view yeah. with mac o s was much better I f- but I, I, I forget find- you're
0: a switcher it's been a while yeah in fact it,
1: it's, yeah it's been seventeen years, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. um. And because and, that's the thing we always joke about, right? It was what a hot mess Ventura is. It's Windows. It's uh, Max Vista. Yeah. But oh man, Ventura isn't even close to being a no. mess. That,
0: that's no, no, no. It's but not. But it's fun to
1: poke them in the eye over it.
0: Yeah, they deserve the eye poking. It. the The sure. comparison is is not accurate.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So <laughs> It's but, yeah, fair. So there's that not accurate. And, and I'm, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, Set, uh, set app is where you can get a free, as it were, copy of, oh, okay. um, of uh, not Pathfinder, Forklift. Forklift.
0: Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, yeah. I I, know I, you. OK, so you said you, you weren't sure how to answer the question. I think you did a great job uh, because, like, the idea of columns in the Finder is something I loathe. I I, I want to see the detail. Are you viewed. a list view? I am a list yeah. view guy. Absolutely, hundred yeah. well, percent.
1: Obviously, you can get far more granular with list view. You Correct. can alphabetize, and well, oh, I want it by the date it came in, or yeah. size, or anything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I do use that some on some occasions, but more often than not, I like the column view just because I find it quicker oh, I, to to move things around, I, and that's why I like for.
0: That's four the five. beauty of personal preference. Is it it like if, what you know, works
1: in your workflow?
0: Sure. What works in your workflow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. I like it. All right, thank you for that. What a uh, yeah. what a I now my mind's a little bit blown. I like it.
1: I like it. That's twice today.
0: I know it's great. Uh Aaron shares a tip for us. He says, uh, Dave, as a musician, you probably know uh about the quest for ear protection that doesn't ruin the tone of the sound. So yeah, earplugs, the wrong earplugs, and earplugs. To a degree, even the best earplugs, like I have custom-fit musician earplugs, uh, they they some they somewhat change the tone of the sound. Of course, and and you know, lesser expensive, lesser costly earplugs are sometimes worse, especially like the foam ones. They just cut out all high end. They protect your hearing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he says uh, in the eighties, we had custom Edamotic earplugs that had filters on them: fifteen dB, twenty dB, twenty-five dB. I still have my old ones. Yep. And but they all ruined the sound. Everything was muffled over the years. People tried to improve on this. Well, on my keyboard forum, people were talking about AirPods Pro Gen 2. So the current generation of AirPods Pro and the adaptive transparency feature. It basically tries to keep loud sounds under 85 dB. And the interesting thing is that you can see the volume reduction right there on your Apple watch. You can see the, the volume that is external and the volume that's reaching your ears. And he says it can be used as essentially an earplug. He says, I tried this with a loud guitar. And yes, I could see it limiting the volume to peaks of 87 decibels and then bringing it back down to 85. But there's more. You can customize this transparency. You connect your AirPods 2 and play a song from any audio app. That You have to do that. Otherwise, none of these options will show up. Once you're playing music through your AirPods too, on your iPhone. Go to settings, choose your AirPods, go to accessibility, go to audio accessibility settings and turn on headphone accommodations. Scroll down to the bottom and you will see apply with phone media and transparency mode. Make sure you turn transparency mode on. So this enables a custom transparency mode and you can set the amplification to the lowest setting, You can adjust the tone, darker, whatever you like. Now, when you go put your AirPods 2 on, AirPods Pro 2, sorry, and play with like a band, it will limit the sounds. It's pretty amazing. Um, He says to make sure in iOS 16, it's called adaptive transparency. In iOS 17, it's called loud sound reduction is on because adaptive transparency was not clear enough. And I agree with that change. I'm I'm glad Apple made that change or is making that change in iOS 17.
1: I'm jonesing for the latest uh, pair of the uh, uh, AirPods, AirPods yeah, because I, of that. Yeah, the, some, one of the features that looks good is that you can have it in active noise canceling and begin speaking, and it goes automatically to the transparency mode right. uh, and, and mutes the music, that sort of thing. The one thing that I find frustrating with the transparency mode is I lose directional. Where is that sound coming from? It seems to... Mm. Give me both the same amount. Even at the same even with time. the
0: AirPods Pro two or no? Because I thought I they, haven't tried the Pro oh, two. I think yet, I think they've so. solved that with the Pro twos I, to a degree. I, you know, as I hadn't thought about it until you started talking about it here. But I would presume that this adaptive transparency feature is one that was borrowed from the in development Vision Pro. Ah, yeah, right. Right, the whole I'm makes, in. I'm yeah. immersed. I start talking. Now I'm outside of my environment. Now I'm back in my environment. Like that's definitely a Vision Pro sure. thing. Hadn't thought about it because we were introduced to it in AirPods first before we knew about the Vision Pro. So yeah, right. I, I'm sure of it. Like of course, yeah. I I bought a pair of AirPods Pro Gen two, and uh, they showed up. And pretty much between the day I ordered them and the day they showed up, Lisa started showing me how her AirPods Pro. Uh, were like totally foobar, and one of them was shot, oh. and this, that, and the other thing. And it was like, okay, well, here's um, <laughs> here's AirPods Pro Gen 2. She's like, you didn't have to order these for me. I'm like, I didn't. I, I didn't. No, I, I ordered them for me. I love <laughs> like, you,
1: honey, but I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I ordered them on Prime Day. It was a year ago, right? I ordered them on yeah. Prime Day, and hmm. uh, and so I haven't used them.
1: Oh, wait, okay, no, I could be mistaken then. We, we may be talking past each other a little bit, Dave. I have the latest... Until WWDC back in June where they announced the next set. Where oh. Do you have those? Are those out yet?
0: Um, I don't think R- they announced new ones, Pete. I think they announced features for the current ones that are oh, coming. Oh, new
1: features then. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I misunderstood that then because like, yeah, I, yeah. that's the one where I was looking forward to. The ability to be in, in active noise canceling, listening okay. to music, then yeah, no, start talking, that's, and it go, and it stops your music and goes to transparency. I thought that was a new. You set.
0: will you will get that. Um, oh, very in cool. iOS okay. seventeen, yeah, yeah. I won't. I mean, unless I shell out for AirPods Pro Gen two, so, which I probably, well, there's which I that, probably but, will. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. And I I got to tell you, and I think I mentioned it on another show. I, I've tried other Bluetooth active noise canceling earbuds, and I like them, but the the
0: AirPods are hands down. The best of the various that I've tried. You know, now you're. I, I wish we'd had this conversation two days ago because I'm sure there was a deal I missed during Prime Day. Uh, I, I've been testing new active noise canceling headphones from both JBL and from Poly. And okay. I'm really blown away by both of them. I, I, okay. I have them teed up for our next Cool Stuff Found episode. It would be good if I could compare them to the AirPods Pro Gen 2. I might have to borrow Lisa's Pro Gen 2s for yeah. a little bit.
1: Because, well, one of the things that I find with a lot of them, like I just sold my Jabros because you could only listen and use independently like the right side.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: you could, you could listen to stereo, but you couldn't use the left by itself yeah. or vice versa. I'm not sure which one it was, but... I was like,
0: "That's kind of silly."
1: I yeah, want right. to be able to use both independently, and that's one of the beauties of the AirPods: is you can put one ear in, and then mm-hmm. when the battery dies, put the other, put ear the other in. One in. the other in the case, and, yeah. and go all day long. Yeah. And especially for podcast listening, that works great. You have the world around yeah. you, and well, and, and for you can phone calls to too, being able yeah, to and just phone calls like as well. Yep. Yeah,
0: you've got twice Absolutely. the battery length if you're willing to only have one ear in. So yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Let's say we move on to Ned. Um, I'm in. Bring us to all Ned.
1: Right. Well, Ned said this morning and probably the morning he wrote, not this morning, but this morning, my MacBook Pro would not connect to the Internet using wireless or wired. Another symptom is that all the wallpapers change to default. It does connect to the local network devices like the Synology, the uh, NAS, uh, Synology Web. I don't know. I'm missing something. Wireless Just access point. Ah. There you go. So it connects us to the Synology wireless access point, the NAS, et cetera. Now my work MacBook Pro Intel 12.6.7 does not have problems. I've shut down and start up, rebooted the router and the WAP and connected to the wired router. Any suggestions on what to do next? You need a new MacBook Pro now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it, yeah this is a this is a, a discussion thread in our in our Discord group and I'll I'll put a link to that thread because there's some great stuff from uh, from lots of folks. I've chimed in a little bit but uh, it's been discussions been driven by uh several of you out there Brian Monroe and and Tony have been really helping. Uh, you know the obvious things to check when you've got a device where it clearly appears to be connected to your local network but can't get on the internet. I've seen this before starts with did you check your your dns settings right like make yeah. sure that that you're actually able to do dns lookups and uh, you know you can check that in system settings or system preferences depending on which version of mac os go into network see the dns but really a great way to test it is to open up the terminal and type ping space www.apple.com if it comes up with an ip address even if it doesn't answer it comes up, you know the DNS is working, right? It, if it's because it's DNS translates right. from the names to the IPs, so that's that's one way. Um, another thing uh, that was suggested, which is great advice, is check the parental controls to make sure that you aren't don't have something turned on there. Do you have a profile from your, you know, employer? I realize this isn't your work really? MacBook Pro. It'd be weird that yeah. your work one works. With a work profile and this one doesn't without, but make sure that you don't have a profile installed because that's like parental controls just for adults. Um, And then uh, you see if there's a VPN running um, because anything that can get in the way of your network, see if tail scale is running, see if little snitch is running, right? All of those things are going to manipulate the network stack in uh, in a way that, in theory, would be something you want, but it could sort of break that. Um, Ned also pointed out that the wallpapers all change to default.
1: That which, was weird.
0: Well, no. If he's using Apple's like, you know, uh, wallpapers that download from the Internet, if they're not able to download from the Internet, this is a consistent symptom right oh yeah okay so like i i I took it that way like okay and it could be completely unrelated it could be not that but that was kind of my thought um i i when ventura prior to ventura you could go and remove any network device you go to system preferences go into network and you could remove a device and re-add it you can't do that in ventura with the wi-fi device anymore but you can do it with the Ethernet device. But Ned is saying that this is happening with both Wi Fi and Ethernet. So while I might yeah. be tempted to remove the Ethernet device and put it back, I'm not convinced that that's going to help because it's happening system wide. It's not when I'm on Wi Fi, this works. When I'm on Ethernet, it doesn't. You know, it's, it's, right. Something... That
1: would make sense then to remove that device. There's a stuck bit. Sure. It,
0: exactly. Right. There's a stuck, yeah, oh. stuck bit. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, it, the um i'm still another way to test for a dns issue is there is the um 1.1.1.1 uh dns service that you can use from uh i, I believe that's from cloudflare yeah you can load 1.1.1.1 1.1.1.1 yeah four ones uh in your web browser and it doesn't require a DNS lookup because you're literally loading an IP address. It just happens to be four ones. And see if you can load that, because that will tell you if you have something blocking the Internet that is not related to DNS. So uh, that that would be another good way of, of testing that. Um, but that, you know, that's kind of. I, I don't, I, you know, these are the, the yeah. if I were there, these are the next things I would try, right? Is to just try yeah. and get and there. You,
1: you did mention Tailscale, but I know for a fact that I, when Tailscale ubered me, is when I had, I had it as an exit node. And then sure. I was also trying to run PIA VPN mm-hmm. at the same time. And I was absolutely not on the internet. And I don't know, you know, there were two firewalls there sure. blocking it. Yeah. And then, and then somehow, and, somehow in Mac, system settings security firewall maybe something in there has been blocked fair. too
0: yeah fair yeah yeah not likely
1: i mean it's weird how that came about like this morning i get
0: up and it's not working well You're wait right. a minute well what yeah what changed what yeah. changed and why yeah yeah so, so so check that yeah you know those are the those are kind of the things that come to mind and uh uh, and check, you know, yeah. Yeah, check those out. Oh, and yeah. I think, you
1: know, so, uh, and it's it's on the notes. I, I think it's probably uh, uh Brian Monroe that, that Ned did fix this. Oh, great. Uh, but I don't recall that it was, I don't sure. recall that it was in there. No, okay. I don't we don't see the fix no. in our screen capture of no. the Discord. So nope. we'll have
0: to Which is why we're just going to move on. It's totally yeah. fine.
1: <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah. Take so, us to Manic Blogger, would you, Pete? I, I'm going to do that at this time. So. He writes in, uh, Hey there, I have a number of Apple devices, the iPhone 13 running the latest operating system, an older MacBook, and, it, that it, and occasionally it keeps asking me for my Wi Fi password. This is very near and dear to a very close friend of mine, which means I have to keep typing in the password. I have just, and I just have to repeat it again days later. I have an ASUS routers. I have ASUS routers using mesh. Uh, it started happening recently, and I'm not sure what to do next. Um, and Dave, you had a good answer for him.
0: Am Um, am, am I sharing the answer here? I'm happy to. Well, I guess you
1: can. (laughs) I I tried it. I tried the same thing, uh, and sadly, uh, it it repeated itself. And so my solution was to change my network name because it wasn't happening. I have two networks, Sharpie, and I have Sharpie 2.4 for my 2.4 gig. It would always connect to my 2.4 gig without fail, but it would never automatically connect to my 5 gigahertz network. So I changed the network name from Capital S Sharpie to all caps Sharpie, and the problem went away.
0: Well, of course it did. because you
1: know, I changed it. It was a different network. Because it's far a different as the network. iPhone was concerned. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. If you want to keep the same network name, and there is, you, you know, we, we talked about this recently. Changing your network name is a painful process. Right? Oh
1: yeah, because all your Internet of Things.
0: Correct. And and the, you know, there's the the uh, the d- domestic a uh, peace factor as well that you don't <laughs> right. want to disturb Be prepared
1: to write checks to your divorce attorney. When That's right. changing network names <laughs> exactly. and email accounts. That's just
0: right. <laughs> yep. Um, if it's just happening on your Mac, uh, the, the way I would approach this is uh, I would go, I would disconnect from wifi. So just turn wifi off on, on your Mac disconnect from this device this network on all of your devices and then on one mac go into keychain access first choose the iCloud keychain that's there and then either filter you know or search or sort by uh and find the the things with that network name you might have more than one entry look for the entry or entries where the kind column she calls it Airport Network Password. That's where your Wi-Fi passwords are stored. Delete any entries with that network name with the kind of Airport Network Password in the iCloud keychain. Then go to the login keychain and do the same thing. After you are done doing that in the login keychain, go back to the iCloud keychain and make sure they're still gone. Reboot your Mac. Reconnect that one Mac to that Wi-Fi network, and hopefully it asks you for a password when you do that. If it doesn't, it means that it has re-inherited it from iCloud. Go repeat those delet- deletion steps again. What you need to do is make that one Mac the truth, right? And and then have it push it out to iCloud. It's possible that iCloud actually has it right and at any point in this process, your Mac might just be fixed and then, and then you're good to go. But otherwise just keep making sure you're, you're wiping it out of iCloud so that that one Mac can become the truth and that one Mac can be correct and then have that Mac, that Mac hopefully then will push it all back out to iCloud and the rest of your devices will inherit it from there. Um, you know, we don't know whether the problem is specific to that Mac or that, that problem is specific or is iCloud wide? We know your other devices are okay, but that doesn't mean that iCloud's okay, right? It might just mean that your other devices are okay. Right. It's, it's yeah. we've seen it go both ways, and it's there's no easy way to tell other than starting down this path and just seeing how many times you need to sort of beat against that wall before it it finally you know lets go. So
1: right, and and you told me at one point wait twenty four hours for iCloud yeah. to properly purge and propagate and.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't that. take that long. I mean, it should. But right. yes, I mean, with yours, you, it was it was just happening so much. I think you had. Yeah. I think your issue was that this was sort of tied in knots on multiple Macs simultaneously. And that. Right. Yeah. So. And I had
1: the, I also had the advantage that, you know, I do go away on business frequently for more than 24 hours. So I right. had the ability to forget that network for 24 hours and not affect my,
0: yeah, my your, workflow. Your workflow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, all
1: right. Well, how about we move on to Roger? I'm into it. All right. He says, hey, guys, I have a T-Mobile internet router that occasionally goes wonky when the house power blips. It does not do a full reset, and I'm without internet to check cameras and thermostats. Calling T-Mobile does not solve the problem because it will not show up on their system as being online. I can call my neighbor to come over and pull the plug for a minute and that will cause it to successfully reset. However, I would like not to impose on him when this happens, which seems to only happen when I am out of town like this past week. Any suggestions on how to accomplish this? Perhaps plugging it into some sort of power surge device that resets it every 12 to 24 hours may accomplish that goal. Is there such a thing on the market? Uh, do you have any suggestions? So you answered that question and my my answer ahead of time was just put it on a UPS and that way when the house power blips yes your your router doesn't power
0: blip you're re- no but. that that is that is a way to avoid this problem assuming yeah. that that's the only time that this happens is that you right. know if it's only on a power blip because I would agree really the solution and i think having your network gear on a UPS aka a battery backup unit is a good idea there are Several brands that I happily use. APC is sort of the, the, you know, gold standard brand, if you want to call it that. Amazon Basics also makes great UPSs. I have many Amazon Basics UPSs in my house. Okay. I, I, think I, have, I think I have more of those now than I have APC units. Um, so, I, you know, but, it, you know, buy one that's the right size, the, big, the right size battery for whatever you need to power. Your router doesn't take much, but you might choose to power your router and something else. I have most of my electronics, all my TVs, all of that stuff are on UPSs. And you know, they, I I can only speak anecdotally here, but in addition to keeping power blips, uh, you know, with the power drops uh, from affecting my units, it also conditions the power. So all of my devices get very consistent power. If there's a spike or a dip, it just smooths it all out. And since everything is on a transformer these days and since those transformers are probably the least expensive component in the camp in the in the chain there you want to take care of those transformers and giving them consistent power keeps them from overheating and having to regulate things uh it in an in an overactive sense so my stuff lasts and i'm gonna you know Knock on some wood here, but, um, (laughs) you done did it now, man. I did. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but you know, a UPS would be, would be great. However, your, if your router doesn't gracefully recover from a power outage, there's probably something wrong with that router from T-Mobile. So I would ask them to get you a new one. All that said, I do have an answer for the very specific question that Roger asked. There are two devices that I know about uh, that, uh, that we've talked about on the show that do exactly what Roger is looking for. The first is called Keep Connect, um, and it is for 50 bucks. You can find it on Amazon. I've got a link in the show notes. It is the called the Keep Connect Router Rebooter. You connect it in line, you plug your router into this, you plug this into the wall, so it has the ability to cut power from your router when desired, and it also connects to your Wi-Fi. So it monitors your connectivity, and when it sees that connectivity has dropped for too long, it resets your power and brings your router back up, and hopefully uh, everything is good. It says it will also send you texts upon resets. So... That's one, the Keep Connect, which I I you know like this idea. There's another called the Connect Sense router rebooter. That is $55 on Amazon and guess what? It does the same thing. I don't know about the text, but otherwise it it kind of does the uh you know the 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 same thing and, and and does that. I found a thing on Amazon for $8 called the oh. extension cable router rebooter. Um This does not connect to your Wi-Fi. It does not know when your connection has dropped. Um, It is also not plugging in via AC power. It is plugging in between the transformer and your router. So probably a whole lot more limited use case, but it's only eight bucks. And it resets the power on your router every 24 hours, whether it needs it or not. So there you go or whatever's connected to it. I mean it's 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 built for a router but you know it could be could be anything. So um yeah, so those those are those answer the question. Uh, but I it's I like It's
1: definitely the economical one, but yeah.
0: Well, I like your answer. Yeah, I mean I like get a UPS, but I also think you know, especially if this is a T-Mobile device, go get get T-Mobile to replace that device. It's obviously it right. should recover gracefully from a power outage. Yeah. I had that problem after a software update with my first uh, fiber uh, ONT, which is essentially the yeah. – we'll call it the cable modem for the fiber, right? It, and uh, it was fine until it was not fine, and then it wouldn't recover gracefully from a power cycle. You had to, like, re- re-restart things in the right order, and it was no bueno. So, yeah, 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 not good. But – uh uh, you know, I got them to replace it, and everything's been fine ever since. So I think it, I think it, it 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 a firmware update sort of borked it from them. You know, one of their right, push, yeah, yeah. So right.
1: anyway. yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's move on to Barb then. Sounds good. Barb writes in. She says several several episodes back, y'all talked about resetting the Apple TV remote when there is a problem. My personality. My personality made me do it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I, and now I'm with you, Barb. <laughs> my personality made me do it even though there was nothing wrong with my Apple TV remote. Now my Apple TV remote will not turn off or turn on my TV even when I long press the power button. When I did a search on your website, it sent me to episode 961, which did not have what I needed. Please send me in the right direction. Thanks, Barb. Thanks, Barb. And I listened to the latest podcast. If it ain't broke, fix it till it is what a hoot. Cause that's exactly what I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Barb. You are in good company. Indeed. So I think I'm understanding the way I'm interpreting this is that once the TV is on the Apple TV remote still controls the Apple TV device. It just does not power cycle. It can't control the power of the TV.
1: Uh, right, it, and or I'm I, I'm thinking maybe also the volume.
0: I would assume you know, the volume sort of too. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if that is what is happening here, what you need to do is sort of reconnect your Apple TV to the remote functionality of your TV, and that will also retrain your remote if it's doing it via infrared. Um, so to do this, you've got to manually power on your TV. I know, like an animal, and then.
1: You're going to have to walk all the way across the room, Barb, and all the back. Way.
0: or use the remote Up that hill. came with your TV. I mean, either, yeah. one, you know,
1: yeah, uphill both ways in the well, snow.
0: That's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 We're carrying the coal and the firewood. Um, right. Then once you've got that on, use your Apple TV remote to control your Apple TV. Go to settings. Again, this is on the Apple TV home theater control, control TVs and receivers and make sure that option is on. If that's off, none of this is going to work. Once that's on, if it was off and you turned it on, try it. You might be done. If you're not done, also on that screen, there is the learn remote feature that learns your TV's remote into your remote. I think this is what happened for you. You reset the remote and it forgot the infrared commands that it had previously learned from your TV. So you're going to need your T maybe. You might need your TVs remote. Apple's so smart about the way they do this, that sometimes you just say, oh yeah, I have a Panasonic TV or, you know, LG. and, And it's like, yeah, I got you. Does that work? Yeah. Okay, great. Then you're done. So that may be all it takes. If I completely misunderstood the question and it's that your Apple TV remote isn't controlling anything, like not even your Apple TV, then you might need to repair the remote with your Apple TV. And so again, Turn on your TV manually so that you can see what's going on and set it to the HDMI input that your Apple TV is plugged into again. So you can see what's going on. Point your remote at your Apple TV. Make sure that the remote is about three inches from your Apple TV. So for this one, you definitely need to get up off the couch and then press and hold the back or menu button and the volume up button for five seconds. Your TV might ask you or your Apple TV via the message on the screen, I'd ask you to place your remote on top of the Apple TV to complete pairing. If it does, of course, do that. So hopefully, hopefully one of these two things was the problem. And uh, even more, hopefully one of these two things is the answer. But my guess is you have to just do that learn remote thing. But I figured while we were on the subject, we'll go through the whole the whole sure. shoot and match. And and I, I I have mad respect for you, Barb, that you heard about a thing you didn't need to do. And you did it anyway, because that's right what we do here. Yep, absolutely. You're on good company. Yes, we I do. I break stuff all the time. I hear about like, oh, it sounds like that's got to make things better. So yeah. I, I, I definitely need to do it. And then, it turns out,
1: no. I, I think within the last six weeks, I've done it on the show. You were talking about something in Safari, and I did it. And you're, and then at the very end, you went, oh, and before you do this, remember to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I do have a habit of of not prefacing it. Like I'm really good over the years. I've learned that, but this doesn't happen in the order that you folks read it. Like when you send in a question, I'll start answering the question. Like okay, yeah, yeah, do this, 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 this. and then it's like, oh wait, I got to go renumber all the steps I just put in this email because step number one is make a backup. Like yeah. you know, yeah. But I will start giving advice, and then after I give the advice, I'm sort of digesting, or even as I'm giving it, I'm digesting. Yeah. What the implications are. It's like, well, obviously, make a backup first. And it's like, you got to put that there. Yep, Dave. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, that's partially my fault, but yeah, anyway, whatever. Exactly.
1: So, <sighs> no, that's great stuff. And yep. I've got one. Uh, and here's another rabbit hole for you. Okay. And, and I, it's weird. So, I've got this really nice LG TV I bought after Christmas about four or five years ago when it was all on sale. And, and it's the OLED, beautiful screen and all that. And yeah. it stopped connecting to Wi Fi. No matter what, so I can't update it anymore. It's yeah, yeah. weird. And I, I looked on YouTube, and it involves placing it on his face, taking the back off, blowing out the uh, the card that handles the Wi-Fi. And no. I'm like, I really don't want to do this to no. this expensive TV, but I can't seem to find a way to get it to connect Wi-Fi. So if anybody knows of another way without taking my television apart. I, I, <laughs> Dave, ooh, pick Dave me, pick me. Up, Dave, in the corner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I'm sitting in the back of the room, but – uh, what if you got a device that would connect to Wi-Fi and then let you plug your TV ethernet into that? Like, uh, you know, like a, an, uh, an access like, point a router, <laughs> like, well, or an access point from your mesh network, right? Like, like some yeah. mesh access I points. Actually,
1: actually where that TV is sitting, I have a hole drilled through the floor down to the router and up. And I, I do have some cat five cables right there. I have not tried the cat five cable.
0: So I would that that would be my thing yeah. is it could be the whole network board is shot. Right. In which yeah. case, then it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I would just say, well, I mean, sometimes Wi-Fi cards die. Right. And then you use right. the Ethernet. Exactly. And sometimes I mean, Ethernet cards great. die. Yeah.
1: The TV works great, except I I only use the Apple TV input. Right now, I can't use the Netflix app on the TV as right, far right, because right. it doesn't connect. So, yep. which is fine. I, you know, I don't use it. I don't need to use it. But it would be nice that it worked.
0: Yeah, you know, I um, it, it, we we have for the most part at home standardized on not using our LG TVs smart TV features. We just use the Apple TV because yeah. it's just so much easier. However, at present, and they told me but they've told me for six months. So I'm not holding my breath anymore. They told me they're working on this at present, the Plex app and only the Plex app on Apple TV has trouble. It will not, in fact, play Dolby Atmos sound through the Apple TV. The Plex app on my LG TV will play Dolby Atmos sound. So if I want to, if I have a movie on my Plex server and I have a few, where there are you know where there is dolby atmos on there i have to play them through my lg tv otherwise i need to listen to it in 7.1 without the atmos uh metadata like an animal and i you know like who wants to do that so yeah, right exactly so uh, yeah i mean i, I because like I'm, otherwise the apple tv makes life so much easier dolby atmos sound from apple's movies from netflix this is most definitely a plex issue there's a long story. I Plex is. I know they just did a bunch of layoffs. I I, I never oh, like that's to, too bad. I never like to hear that about my friends, uh, and yeah. and certainly the folks at Plex are 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 people I consider friends. Many of them, not all of them. However, a silver lining to that may be that the one person who was in the engineering department that was sort of holding up a lot of progress on how Plex does things. Might not be there anymore. I don't know whether that person was let go or not, uh, but I do know that that person existed at Plex and is yeah. a huge has been a huge problem there. And you know, we don't usually get into to gossip here, but, but like. I've dug deep enough to find out like, why aren't you guys doing these things? And and uh, of course, corporate brass okay. will not say anything about this, but of course
1: you, not. they can't, it, the,
0: which they and can't. Or should they, right. You know. But you get into the trenches and when like five people point to a specific person, the engineering manager, and they're like, that's the problem. It's like, Oh, I can see this now. I've had oh, interactions yeah. with that person. I, I get what you're saying. There's like a fiefdom thing going on. And so, so I don't, you know, that's why I said yeah, I'm not because, holding my breath. Well,
1: they, they say something, you know, and, and then this happens. It just, yeah. You know, they get to. Uh, okay, that's a lawsuit. You know. That's just, right.
0: That's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they could just let that person go. Like, you know. If well, that's well, another lawsuit. But, you know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't know. All no, the
1: I get it. Well, which is too bad because it's, I don't know about all the listeners, but if if you haven't tried Plex, boy, is that a great yeah. way to. To conglomerate all of your media, I right. love it. Between that and channels, and then you can play, you can play Plex through channels even. So
0: yeah, no, we'll it, and don't let CBR. don't let my comments about their internal politics uh, dissuade you. I am a huge Plex fan. It, love it is. Plex. It, I like. I don't know. I would use MB. There is a there is a competitor of sorts to Plex yeah. that that is pretty much as good ish. Uh, and it's called MB E M B Y. So if Plex were to go away, I would definitely switch over to MB, but um but I don't want to have to. I I, I don't really know what like
1: Plex, Plex Lifetime Pass costs right now. I think it's in the hundred and a quarter range, it's Somewhere somewhere in there. Yeah. I bought it when it was seventy nine dollars. Same. Probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. If not longer. And it has been worth every penny. Absolutely. If you don't have a Plex Lifetime Pass, get it. It is so much
0: Oh yeah. So
1: functional. Yeah, yeah. I love it.
0: If you haven't started with Plex, start for free. A hundred percent. Yeah. Make sure it it works on the hardware you have. Make sure it does the things you want. Get familiar with it. And then if you're you're at the point where you're like, I want to pay for a year of this, just pay for the lifetime pass. You will thank yourself and us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And as much as Dave hates it, I'm going to tell you you should do this. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't, Dave is not a, Dave is well, okay. Hate is a strong word too. Dave is not a fan of the word. Should correct. No. Correct. If you want to be like Dave and me.
0: Yes. There you go. Yeah. 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 We have one last thing to share from listener Javier. Um, We were talking recently about uh, your Apple TV, not working all that well. And a way to fix it is to free up storage on it. And our advice was to delete apps. Well, Javier says, I've experienced the same issues. I have a 64 gig fourth gen Apple TV and a 64 gig third gen. When I went to storage on both, they were both almost full. I too got caught. But here's the thing I don't have many apps or games on either of them. In total, all my apps take up about 700 megabytes of the 64 gigs. I don't have any games installed. Let's assume the Apple TV software itself takes, what, six gigs on my 64 gig Apple TV. That would leave over 50 gigs of available space. But he says, I was seeing it was reporting less than one gig of storage left. He says, but I think I found the culprit or at least a big contributor to it. The aerial screensaver. When you go set up the aerial screensaver, the Apple TV warns you that each screensaver can take up to 950 megs. There are four different flavors of Arial. You can choose to enable one, two, three, or all four. And each type has several videos that can be played and they can be updated with new ones and downloaded automatically. And you have no granular control of how many to download. If you multiply each one by 950, you can start to see how quickly that will add up. To make matters worse, there's no way that I've found to delete or reduce the number of these videos. Uh, He says, so my solution... Change the screensaver from Arial to say Apple Photos. You can select between animals, flowers, landscapes, nature, or shot on iPhone. Or, of course, under home sharing, you can use your own personal photos. But the amount of data the Apple TV or storage the Apple TV will use for the screensaver should now be significantly less. Since turning off Arial, my storage has climbed from less than one gig to now four gigs free using the same apps as before. So maybe it's now finally deleting some of those screensavers as they expire. Yeah. Fascinating. I wish there was a way to, and maybe there is to tell it, don't cache anything. Just download it every time you're going to use it. I don't have, I have unlimited bandwidth. I've got, you know, I'm on a fiber connection. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll. Yeah.
1: They they are (laughs) beautiful.
0: They, I know that's the thing is I don't want to give up my aerial screensavers, Pete you gorgeous, understand yeah yeah
1: there's the one over lax there's the one over
0: there's the there's several the over dubai there's the yeah it's beautiful there yeah. was something over i think it was over the netherlands um some gorgeous you see these all the time i never do the uh yeah. the, the 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 northern lights so the aurora borealis. Oh, yeah, right so. exactly You pilots, you know, I know that, you know, most pilots also know how spoiled you are in this regard that you get to see those things on a fairly regular basis from a great vantage point. It's really something. In fact, I got a quick, funny story. Okay, go. My first
1: time, I'm a brand new FO, first officer on an MD-11, and we are coming back from Europe, back to the States, and it's a long flight. So there's three of us and the captain goes back for his rest break. The relief pilot is sitting in the captain's chair and we're out over the North Atlantic on a December night. And the most gorgeous Aurora borealis, Northern lights I've ever seen are up there. So we turn down every light in the cockpit to, to, to go as black as possible. And we just sit there for about 10 minutes watching this. And it's like, Oh, this is beautiful. It's like, all right, we, we got to get back to flying now. The autopilot has the airplane and things are going sure. along. It's fat, dumb and happy. So we go to turn the, all the instruments back on, and they're black. I have got adrenaline racing through my heart. I'm oh, like, man. oh,
0: crap. Now i got to go wake <laughs> up
1: the captain and tell him we're over the North Atlantic at night, and all we have is what we call a peanut gyro, a little standby no. instrument. <laughs> no. And and our McDo, which is where how we program the computer. But all of our attitude instruments and all that other than this peanut gyro are, are gone. It's like, oh.
0: And you can't even use like a flashlight because it's all glass. No, this it's, is glass. It's, it's like if glass. your iPhone's brightness yeah. is down,
1: right? Yeah, and okay. now I'm, I'm, I'm I literally I had now I'm, I've got adrenaline pumping through my. Heart. Oh yeah. Like, oh, this is bad. We're over the North Atlantic in the middle of a December night, and we got nothing.
0: <laughs> you, you have about, time. You do have yeah, time on your side. Yeah.
1: And unfortunately, time yeah. is what it took because about forty seconds later, the instruments started fading in. Oh These was this is an MD11. They're CRTs, cathode ray tubes. They are not the <laughs> instant-on LEDLC. <laughs> so we had turned them off. They had cooled down. Now they needed warm-up time. That was all. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> That's the longest 40 seconds you've but ever experienced.
1: Oh, it was terror. Absolute yeah. terror. Yeah. Like, oh, no, we're going to have to fess up. <laughs> and hope they don't change our routing or anything. So as yeah. long as we're on our routing, we're good. We right, don't, right, we don't right. have to do anything. good computer's got it. But.
0: Yep. 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 <laughs> so, oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was terrifying. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> not Magik Gav stuff, but uh, we talked about the Aurora Borealis, and I had to go. Yeah, this, I appreciate the uh, story. Yeah. Self inflicted stupidity wound, and
0: <laughs> we were supposed to have some here last night in uh, New Hampshire, and uh, they did not make it here, but it was just as well. I had I was up at. The previous day, I was up at like 2.30 in the morning for to do my final round of prep for a colonoscopy that I did yesterday, which was early in the day. And so uh, there was very little chance that I was going to be able to stay up la- as late as I normally do to see those. And so when yeah. I saw the news report that said, you know, you don't like it's not going to happen. It was like, OK, that's it. I'm going to bed. So I'm well rested <laughs> now. Everything's good. Colonoscopy went well. It was you know simple and easy. So, yeah. Excellent. Yep. Uh, and if you okay. want to be
1: like Dave and Pete, go get your cola mask. Uh, if you're the it's right simple age. simple and it'll that's save it. your life.
0: Yeah, yeah if could. you're the right age. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agreed. Totally agreed. Thank you for hanging out with us, folks. Thank you for sending in all your questions to feedback at MacGeekGab.com, I believe is what I said. Whoa, did you say feedback at MacGeekGab.com? I, I, I believe I said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Hopefully Ooh, that's where they're sending We the entire show
1: this. without saying.
0: I think oh I said goodness. it in the. I think I even said it in the intro Indeed. of the show, but Maybe. Uh, okay. but I didn't give you an opportunity to you know do the shtick, so there, I had to the open shtick that it up. Is. The shtick, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, hopwater.com slash MGG. That's H-O-P-W-T-R dot com slash MGG. Finally was able to have another one last, last night after my, my cleansing and all that stuff. I loved it. It's great. I, those things are awesome. Because I couldn't drink alcohol yesterday, you see. after the I had anesthesia. You know, it's a responsible thing. I can today and I will. Uh, and, and BB at it from Bare Bones, I should. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, we're going to head off to Mac stock. The next episode will be recorded maybe at Max stock, but we're going to have another one in the can just in case, uh, it there's something at issue. Yeah. Just because, you know, editing and all that stuff might take some time, but hopefully the live Mac geek Cab caucus that we are doing at Mac stock will be recorded in a way that we can share it with all of you, uh, on these channels. So, uh, if you're coming to Mac stock, be sure to say hi. If not say hi everywhere else we are. And what's the what's the last thing uh, we're going to share with them today, Pete?
1: Well, you shouldn't get caught. In oh. fact, I'm going to be more directive and say don't get caught.
0: Made up. A command instead of a shameful insinuation. I like it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, folks.
1: Later.